I'm Megan Sheets. Welcome to the Generational Wisdom Podcast. I believe that you get out what you put into anything you do, including parenting. In this podcast, my dad and I talk about mindful parenting from the perspective of two generations. I find that these conversations about different parenting approaches not only challenge me, but also help me to feel more connected with my toddler. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to the Generational Wisdom Podcast. This is Megan. As always, I'm here with my dad, Dennis, and today is a part two of our interview with Alyssa Anderson, a school psychologist and mom of three, and she's sharing some great tips for being mindful when uh, you are in the heat of the moment, and also a few other tips that I'm really excited to have her share with you guys revolving around a screen time checklist and her own generational wisdom. We hope you enjoy. I know you said that in your blog that you've been working to, you know, do different things to avoid those kind of knee jerk reactions with your kids. And it's never perfect, but I'm wondering just how that is going and and what tips you might have for others who are working on it, you know, who want to be able to respond in kind and loving ways, even in the heat of the moment. I think probably my, um, what I feel like works the best for me is when let's say that something's going on and the boys are wrestling and you know like some I'm making dinner and someone ends up crying I I immediately want to just sort of like bound into the room and like handle it and split them up and send people to their rooms and go back to making my dinner and what I've found is is helpful is um if I enter the room asking myself, do I have enough information to make a judgment right now? And a lot of times I am not going to have that information unless I ask a question. And so if I start asking a question and you have to be prepared, like there's going to be like blaming of the siblings for sure. But sometimes in that blaming, you can pull out information about like what really happened. And you can also use it as an opportunity to help your kids feel seen and heard. And so, um, you know, if, if you, if I walk into the room and maybe Brock has tears in his eyes and, Nolan's standing there with his hands up saying, I didn't do anything, you know, and, and really, I don't know what happened. I could guess that maybe Nolan was too rough with Brock, but I don't know, like, what happened before that to trigger that. And so then I just start with like a line of questioning where I say, all right, so it looks like you're crying, Brock. Um, uh, what is it that you're crying about? And then he'll say, oh, Nolan hit me and he's so mean and I never want to talk to him ever again in my life. And I was like, okay, so Nolan hit you. Where did he hit you? Does it hurt? Did it hurt your feelings or um, did it hurt your body? If it hurt your body, where did it hurt? And and then I always give Nolan an opportunity to talk to and, and really – we can get down to it where it's like, okay, well, it looks like Brock, you were, you know, trying to take out Nolan's feet and Nolan didn't feel like that was fair play. And he asked you to stop. And did you stop? And Brock will say no. And I said, okay. And so then Nolan got too rough with you. Is that true? And Brock's like, yeah. And I said, okay, well, that's not okay either. Nolan, you are, you know, three times the size of Brock. And so, let's just maybe let it be water under the bridge. Do you guys want to keep playing or 
would you guys like to do something different now? You know, and, and that's like that line of questioning, I feel like helps me. And sometimes it's hard because I just like want to go back to making dinner. Um, but I also don't want to shame my kids. And so if, if spending a few minutes gathering some information and like using that, like Dennis said, like that can be a big moment, right? Like that can be one of those moments that, um, that they really hold on to and you never know unless you're open to that. And if it's going to up the chances that my kids are, um, you know, kids of high moral character, then I guess it's worth the extra few minutes to me. I like that example a lot. It seems like a tool that you're using is, like you said, to gather more information. And I almost see that as a benefit for the parent as well, because it buys you time to cool off. So if you do walk in and what you see, or I mean, if you have a toddler and what's happening in the moment, you know, whatever the situation is or the age of your child, if you're feeling like you want to have a knee jerk reaction and you're feeling that immediate frustration, asking questions as a way almost to calm everybody down, give everybody a chance to be heard and to just have a few moments before reacting. Yeah. And you can buy yourself as much time as you need to Megan. That's something that I've learned too, is that sometimes, you know, like there's water that's about to boil over and I don't have two minutes. And so I can still stop what I'm doing, walk into the room and say, you guys are hassling my eardrums right now. I'm not really sure what, I'm not really sure what happened. I'm going to have to do something about it, but I don't have time to do it right now. So, um, you know, Brock, you sit on the couch and Nolan, you go to your room and, um, try not to worry about what it is that I'm going to have to do about the situation. And I'll see in a few minutes, you know, like, like that's okay too. Like we don't need to immediately like lay on the consequences. Kids can, learn from delayed consequences too. And actually like them sitting there wondering is sometimes I gain like there's some entertainment value out of that <laughs> for me. I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do, but they're clearly worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really similar to dad, something that you have said uh, or used. Do you want to share that? Or if you um, know what I'm thinking of? I'm not sure what, what's, what you're talking about uh there was a situation in which uh the neighbor girl and you and jesse were playing she's three times as big as my kids older and uh she had she had hurt them and what when i heard the crying uh, i went to find out what was going on and uh i asked my kids what what the problem was and they said that she had twisted their arms and so i'm a firm believer in letting children figure things out on their own uh so that what i i like to do is give the power to the underdog and in doing so then they have the choices to make and what i did was I explained to the girl that that was totally unacceptable and that if she wanted to continue to play with my kids, she would never do that again. And then I turned to my kids and I said, do you still want to play with her? And it was totally their choice because I would have sent her home. 
but they said no that they would like to continue to play and as far as i know he never ever did that again and they're good friends to this day so i like to when i enter a, a situation in which i can't know what's going on giving it pause so to de-escalate the situation and allowing the underdog because there's always an underdog Mm-hmm. And uh, to have the power to explain what what it is that happened, why are they crying? And even though the perpetrator maybe was an accident, it doesn't really matter. I I give the power to the kid, the little kid, and say, uh, "Do you want to continue to play with your big brother?" Or would you like uh, for you guys to be separate? And and so he had the choice. They had the choice to work it out without me laying down uh, penalties for what happened. Because nine out of ten times, it's just an accident. Things get out of hand. Everybody's having fun until it, they're not. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. <laughs> I, oh. Dennis, I love that it reminds me of something my husband says to my um, oldest son, Nolan, too, is he says, Nolan, um, Brock needs to feel successful one out of every four times. So if they're playing knee hockey on the floor and if you pummel him and score on him 10 times in a row, he's going to leave. And and I would say that something that Brock has some power with in that relationship is Nolan needs constant companionship. So like he's constantly making bids for Brock to play in some sort of competitive game with him. And Brock is this kid who's like, he could kind of go either way. Like he likes to play some of the sports stuff, but he could also like just sit and sort his Pokemon cards for an hour. And so he already has a little bit of that power. And my husband does that same thing where he will, he'll give Brock, um, he'll remind Brock of the power that he has. Like you can just walk away Brock. And, and now Nolan knows like if, if I don't give, if I don't, like let Brock score one out of every four goals or, you know, like then, then he's not going to want to play with me anymore. And so then Nolan's pretty good at evening things out that way. And see, then that's perfect because he's not passing judgment. He's just pointing out the reality of the situation that we all need to experience success. So if you don't give him any, he's not going to want to play with you anymore. Right. I mean, that's, that's beautiful. That's perfect. Yeah, I love it. And then Nolan, he um he got a little bit of that he tasted a little bit of that medicine recently because he was playing pond hockey with some boys who are like some pretty competitive hockey players and up here in northern Minnesota, you can there's 9-year-olds that um can skate circles around people and some of these boys have played some pretty competitive hockey and Nolan was going and just uh you know playing on this boy's pond with them and he's like I don't know if I want to go there dad they're all so much better than me and it was like oh do you feel like maybe like you can't be successful with them and Nolan's like yeah I just feel like like every time I get the puck, it gets taken away from me. And it's like, oh, I wonder if maybe that's how Brock feels when he plays hockey. <laughs> and Nolan's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great it now. <laughs> that was a great way to uh, help him relate. 
to, to rock A learning skiing. experience. Yeah, it yeah. comes full circle, right? It does. So I know, Alyssa, we're coming up on the hour. I do have uh, two more questions for you. Uh, one is if you could leave everyone with a tool that's worked well for you, what is that tool? I know that we talked briefly about the um, screen time checklist, so I'm really interested in that. But if you have another tool in mind to share too, um, just whatever you would like to share. I can talk about the screen time checklist. Uh, It's been in play for about a year now, actually. Just started right around Christmas time when um, the kids got an iPad for Christmas. And the thing that I love about it, my husband and I went back and forth, and this kind of goes back to the conversation that you and Dennis were having about rules. And so we were talking about like, you know, what kind of rules do we have around this iPad and how much screen time should we allow our kids to have? And, you know, and, and I just kept thinking about like the more rules that we have around this thing, like I'm the one who's going to be home and I'm the one who's going to have to like make, like carry out these rules and all the consequences. And it sounds exhausting to me. So then um, instead we have the screen time checklist and there's like, I mean, even Ryan, who's three, she has, you know, get dressed, brush teeth, make her bed. And then it's her job to like put the pillows on the couch in the living room and make sure that any clean clothes are put away and, and then read one book. And she, I I wasn't sure how it was going to go because she was two last year when that screen time checklist came into play. And, um, she's really internalized it. And so a lot of times like Papa will show up and she'll have her screen time checklist and she'll ask Papa to help her with her screen time checklist. And the boys have something similar. And what I like about it is that to me, it's like a life lesson, right? Like we all like to veg and we all like to unplug and watch a movie or watch a show. Um, But you have to put first things first. And, and I don't sit down and watch a show at night until like all my chores are done. And the sooner you take care of your chores, then the the longer time you have to do what you want or on the screens. And then the other part that I really love about it is that sometimes my kids just don't want to do their screen time checklist. And I'm totally fine with that too. And the reason is, is because then like, I don't have to monitor screen time that day and they have to find something else to do, which I'm okay with. And, um, and sometimes I can earn a little money by doing, um, their chores for them. And, um, sometimes they're okay with it and sometimes they're not. So I'm like, okay, well, Knowles, I'll, uh, I'll vacuum the living room for you. That'll cost you 50 cents. And Nolan will be like, fine, take it off my desk. <laughs> I'm like, All right. Sounds good. Got some change for, for the piggy bank. And, and other times he is like, you know, not maybe he's saving up for something and he's not willing to give up the cash and he'll quick jump up and do it himself. So, um, I don't know. It's worked well. It's worked well for our household. Oh, it sounds like a great way to empower them to make their decisions and set their own priorities, you know, gives them some freedom, but also, like you said, they're, they earn the screen time, which is good. Yeah. And they kind of, and, and it's like they earn it, but it's also like they're important people in our family and we really depend on them to make sure that the, 
the sink in the bathroom is cleaned up and the the living room is vacuumed. And, and so I, I also feel like it's something that we feel like, I feel like they can take pride in, you know, I would say that I gave Nolan this job of doing the entryway and it's one of these jobs that I'm really bad about doing myself. And so there's always just like a ton of shoes and there's lots of mud and gravel and salt and things like that on the floor in the entryway. And ever since he's had that job, he takes pride in it. And our entryway is cleaner now than it ever was. It's it's crazy too how early that helping starts. And, and I do agree that they really enjoy and take pride in it. You know, Bird is only, um, you know, less than two. She'll be two in March, I think I mentioned earlier. And she loves that she has a chore. She feeds the dogs. And, man, she picks up their bowl with so much pride and joy. And we clap for her when she delivers it to the dogs. And she'll clap for herself, too. She just loves it. It's that sense of purpose, right? Like, like when they start to learn that, they can have an impact on other people in a good way that gives them a sense of pride and also like that me existing in this world is important to other people and and I have a purpose Mm -hmm. yeah I agree well and I think dad said at the beginning at some point we all like to have that feeling of success and completion every day you know throughout the day in so many ways and different dynamics so Kids are people too. And yeah, I think they enjoy that feeling of success and completion. Definitely. So what's what's one piece of generational wisdom that you've learned from uh, either a parent, a grandparent, or any really family member that you plan to pass along to your kids? I would say when I think about my parents and my grandparents and now my siblings too, because I've got, um, you know, four of my siblings have kids of their own and it's really fun to watch them parent as well. And I love, I love that in my family, it's, it's really important that you don't take yourself so seriously that you aren't willing to be playful. So, I think everybody in my family just like there's this playful nature about my siblings and my parents and my grandparents. My grandma was a preschool teacher at the school that I I went to for my elementary and junior high school years. And so we just got to see her, you know, like dancing around the classroom a lot. And I was thinking about how, you know, my mom showed up in this dancing hippo costume on Halloween a couple of years ago and how my brothers, you know, like they they busted up the dancing floor at one of my brother's weddings doing high kicks to Cotton Eye Joe. Like they're just there's just like a playful nature to everyone in my family. And you're they're going to check you if you um, are taking yourself too seriously. And I like that because I probably tend to be the sibling that might take myself too seriously at times. I like that a lot. I it's something that's so grounding being around friends and family, especially when, yeah, they can remind you to not take it so seriously. I think that I definitely waver on that myself, Alyssa, on both sides of it. And sometimes you just need the the Cotton Eye Joe (laughs) music to come on, you know, some being around those people that know you so well to remind you that 
you know, life really isn't meant to be taken seriously. Yeah, and, nobody's too cool for a little Cotton Eye Joe, right? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there anything we haven't asked you that you would like to share as a tip or a learning or thoughts or anything that we haven't covered? I don't think so. I just think this has been so fun. You guys, I just love the concept of your show and getting to hear from Dennis and you, Megan, and your dynamic. It's really just, I've enjoyed getting to know you guys through your podcast. Well, thank you. (laughs) Yes, thank Uh, you so much. We've enjoyed this conversation a lot. Uh, You've you've, uh, pointed out and made points that we've made so many times that uh, parenting is a thinking man's game. That's part of being mindful. Mindful is just a matter of focus. And if you can keep your focus in the moment, uh, you're going to do a good job. And uh, the the one thing that I that I, I take away is that uh, there's hope for this world. That there's a lot more people like you in it. Uh, when I was growing up, there wasn't a, there was, this thing called mindfulness didn't exist. And uh, it's understandable, given what that generation had to go through to get to where they were. But uh, it's it's worked for me my whole life, and it's working for my children, and it's good to see that other people are employing it. So nice to meet you, Alyssa. Well, thank you so much, Dennis. I really appreciate it. I think we're all work in progress, and and I think that, uh, you know, we're not going to be perfect all the time and our kids can learn from that too like there there as long as we are willing to come back to the table and repair the rupture in the relationship then um it will always be a learning experience for our children absolutely to learn the one of the biggest lessons is it's okay to be wrong because yeah. we're all wrong at least once a day <laughs> <laughs> and we admit it never speak for yourself dad (laughs) but yeah I agree I I've loved having you on Alyssa I'm so glad that you reached out and I I mean I got this burst of energy from reading your blog so I'm glad that you're sharing your message in in different ways too because I we actually have a trail behind our house it kind of reminds me of your river story but uh, Cody and Bird and I will go back there and yeah have fun and have great conversations and the day that I read your blog, we just had so much to talk about. Um, so I was just so energized from hearing all of your thoughts and theories and ideas. So thank you for making the time. I know that you said you're in your office right now and this time is precious around the holidays um, to get this downtime. So thanks for spending it with us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It was great. Hey guys, thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So let us know what topics you'd like us to talk about on an upcoming episode, or we'd also like to hear what's been working really well for you. And you can email those ideas and suggestions to generationalwisdompodcast at gmail.com or just reach out to us on Facebook. We would love it if you would like our page and share this episode with anyone you know that would benefit from hearing this conversation. Have a great week.